Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. We welcome you back, Hawk Talk again. Eddie Acapinti, Greg Viscomi with you. Your hosts for Hawk Talk, so excited that we'll welcome in our guest in just a minute or two. But anytime we can get a record breaker on the show and also someone that we've known for years but now we'll get a chance to really sit down and get to know better, Greg. We're going to welcome Anique Von Lange to our Hawk Talk episode today. We see Anique all the time. She has the best attitude in the world, always smiling. But now we get to learn a little bit more about her on this episode. So we were going over like we normally do about guests to have on. And, um, you know, we just did football and they had a big, you know, big win after Villanova. And we like to get people on who are relevant at the time. And who more relevant than someone who sets a new record, um, part of our very successful field hockey team. So we'll talk about that and a whole bunch more during this conversation here with Neek. We obviously appreciate you listening to this episode of Hawk Talk. Before we get into anything, we have to remind you to subscribe, rate, review, go back and listen to previous episodes because we've had some really great ones so far this year. They've been Everything from Sentimental with Mike Iolucci all the way through um, just really fun conversations. Last week with Coach Gallo was really fun. Um, and I think you were saying during the week, a lot of people have uh, jumped on and we're starting to see the downloads and the numbers of, of people listening to these really going up. So we appreciate the support, but remember to tell your friends, remember to tell anyone you know that's a Hawks fan that they need to get on this because it's a lot of fun. Um, also pretty good that we talked to the offensive coordinator in and around one of the best runs this mama's football offense has ever been on. Yeah, and I told him um, that when I last checked in the last 30 days, he his um, his podcast had been downloaded, even though it was only six days old at that point, had been downloaded the second most um, in the last 30-day period, and he attributed most of those downloads to his mother, Candy Gallo. So that made me laugh out loud. But I have no doubt that after today's, we will have a new leader in the clubhouse. Well, there is, I think, a perfect way to bring in our guests. So, Anique, no pressure. It's just after we do this, you have to tell every person you know who listens yeah. to the podcast. Can you please tell the entire country? You're just going to have to tell them that. So, Anique, how you doing, by the way? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thanks for making time. We know you had a game yesterday. Yeah. Um, and we know you have games this weekend, and you, I'm sure you had practice this morning. I mean, we didn't really practice this morning. We more so watched film from uh, our game yesterday, which is also an important part for us. And then we just got in the weight room. How was that film session? Tough one against the, the number eight Tigers of Princeton yesterday. Always a good program. Um, did not go as planned. But no. So how does film after a, a, a tough game? I mean, after a tough game, it's always going to be like a little bit hard on the players, but it's also that's also what we need so we know what to do better, where we can improve, and then we just move forward from it, and now we know what we need to improve and improve on, and um, we'll just take that for our game on Sunday. Do you like the film aspect of it? Yeah, I think it's really important because like, it's hard during the game. Like There's aspects we don't see when we're on the field, but like how uh, our coach David also says the film doesn't lie. So like it really clearly shows what went wrong and like what we need to improve on. As you've gone through your time at Monmouth, which we'll get into during our conversation, have you as a player, like when you're younger, do you view it as one way? Like, oh, we got to watch film. But then as you get older, do you, do you kind of see, a, like, do you have more of an appreciation of it as you've gone through your time here? Definitely. Um, probably when I was a little freshman, I was always like, uh, we have to watch film, whatever. But like, also, the more you play and the more you realize, like, after a game, like, oh, what should I have done there? It's so much nicer to be able to see it actually on film and having the coaches tell us, like, this is what you should have done. Or, like, look at the girl on your left or right. Like, that would have been a better pass. So I always think it's really useful. Was that something that you had done prior to coming to, to college here at, in Monmouth? Was that anything that they do in high school or secondary school or wherever they – 
call it in Belgium? Um, <laughs> we had club teams. We don't really have high school teams, but mm-hmm. um, so no high school sports. No, it's just like besides school, it's like club. Team. Now you join a club. Yeah, I got a lot of questions about that. We're gonna get to that <laughs> in a minute. But anyway, do you, so did you watch film for your club team? No, not really. Only like towards the end of the year when it was like the most important game, maybe then we watch film. But besides that, not really that much. So that was like a skill and and a mindset you had to kind of retrain. You had to train yourself all over to kind of get into. I don't know if American high schools watch watch film either. I I mean, I I know in football we did. Yeah, I I mean, I was going to, I mean, I know we did in, in, you know, playing hoops in high school and and our, I guess we did football, but we weren't very good. But more sports are doing it, right? Because there's just more video out there. Definitely. I mean, I feel like even just like in general, like the way you guys treat high school sports is like overseas, we could never, I feel like it's like such a big thing and such a big part of your guys' life already, like growing up, which like sometimes I wish I went to high school in America. <laughs> do you really? Do you, just so because you, of that. you see how the, I don't want to say importance, but the emphasis behind it and, and you see your experience and you're like, oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like, Probably European athletes feel that way, and maybe the rest of Europe is like, "Look at these dummies, <laughs> and how much time they spend, uh, you know, doing whatever." But no, that's awesome. So that so we've already learned something. So then, how do I you, love that. Anika? I'm so curious. Then, right? So, because when you compete, you first of all, you're the most fun person, like off the field, right? Whether we see you working event staff and you're smiling, or and if you can smile while you work for the event staff for Rich, right. you must have an outstanding personality. <laughs> So not that club where, you know, in Belgium isn't serious, but then was it like a tough transition for you to go from playing that level to then, oh, by the way, now you're thrown into division one college field hockey with players who had been serious like that in high school. Was that an adjustment for you? The, the, not the, like the speed of the game, but I guess just how your maybe peers here in America, how serious they approached it. Definitely. And like, I'm very happy that before I came in my freshman year, I had summer school. So I already got like kind of the hang of it. And I did the runs with the girls here. Like we all worked out together, which definitely helped getting me more ready for preseason. Cause like preseason, I had never done that way at home. It's like we practice two times a day and we go hard. Like it's not just we're out there walking around. Like we go hard during practice. So like that was definitely a transition. And then like later during the, during preseason, I guess we would also start getting into the weight room, which is like something I had never done at home. So Brie was definitely making fun of me at the beginning, and it was like just like lifting weights, smallest amounts, and I was just like, I don't know what to do here. But I got better at it throughout the years, but also with Tim's help. So yeah, that's outstanding. So <clears throat> take us through your decision to come to to leave home, you know, thousands of miles away, and um, have your parents come out to America to to see you here. Oh, my parents always come. They love to come. My mom is like, oh, I'd love to come just for the weekend close to the beach they were actually here this past weekend or my mom was and she was like oh we can go to the beach but the weather <laughs> not this weekend yeah it was the one weekend that yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one weekend where it just rained the whole time <laughs> um but then the decision to come here um in high school i never like field hockey was a big part of my life like at home as well and then i remember my mom asking me like would you like to like go play field hockey in america and then combine it with your study and i was like it's like a movie. That's my first thought. I was like, that would be so cool to do. But like getting there is going to be so hard. And then it was more so just like taking the first step. And then I met with an agency that would help me throughout the way and tell me I have to take these tests to be able to like come here. And then I had to make a video of me playing and like some game footage. And then the agency sent it out. And then Carly got back to me. And then I started doing like Skype calls because Zoom wasn't a thing then. Um, so I was Skype with Carly and if you had asked her now, she was like, I did not know what to expect of Anika. She was so quiet on Skype and like, (laughs) I wasn't even sure if she wanted to come, but like, I guess a big part of that was also like, that was my first like real English, how do you say interaction with someone? Cause like, besides that, it was always just in Dutch and like at home in Dutch. And then all of a sudden I had to speak English and it was like hard to express myself as well in the beginning. Cause Carly was like. You didn't really seem that excited. Whereas, like, on the inside, I'm like, this would be the coolest thing ever to do. But, like, it's just hard to express that in the beginning. Yeah, maybe Carly should sharpen up on her Dutch. 
it's so it's so fun. I mean, I've been trying to like learn another language for like years. You know, like we do it on the side. How how did you pick it up as quickly as you were able to to now go? Yeah, from, like you speak pretty perfect. English. I would have assumed that you spoke it before you came over. Oh no, no. <laughs> how did it happen so quickly for you? Literally just being here, and like I had to be able to express myself being on the team because like otherwise I just not talk like. So obviously my first sentence is in the beginning, probably for like a month or two, if not longer. People would always just like look at me being like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> but like, it's just keep trying to explain myself. And then like after a while you get better at it. And also all my teammates always were, were like correcting me and I'd be like, oh, that's so annoying. But like, obviously that's also the best way for me to learn. Yeah. They say that being immersed in another language is, is the best way to actually learn it. Right, like just, not sitting there with like, you know, AirPods in, hearing someone say it, but like Greg said, just kind of making mistakes maybe. It's yeah. daunting. And think about, I mean, forget about communicating on a field and being friends or whatever, because like you can always figure that out. But like going to class. Yeah. Nobody on this campus is speaking to you in Dutch. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but I don't think it is. There's actually one Dutch professor. Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> what, what do they teach? He that. uh I'm pretty sure some, what was it? I had him, I want to say my junior year. Oh, you actually had him too? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I know. I forgot what he thought. Actually, it was sophomore year because that's when we went into COVID. Mm, okay. Yeah. The old COVIDs. Yeah. So, yeah, was it difficult to take classes early on and, and the teachers are just speaking English? I mean, I've had classes and I've spoke English my whole life that I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Agreed. Me too. <laughs> well, that's also what summer school really helped me with because it was just like two classes and like a little bit more off time. So not immediately like in school and being in season. So just like having summer school and like a one on one interaction with your professor and like after the first class being like, hey, I'm new here. This isn't my first language. So like bear with me if like the assignments aren't perfect yet. But like obviously I'll try my best. And they were super understanding of that. Yeah, that's no, awesome. That's that awesome. is good. That is great because. There's not a whole lot of international students outside of athletics. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Like, right. That's got to be 70% of the international students at Monmouth are athletes. Exactly. So were you able to, whether it's through teammates or even with student athletes on other teams, like do you develop a bond with people going through this for the first time, whether it's from Belgium or whether they're from you know Norway or anything like that? Did we have any other student athletes from Belgium when you came? I had, um, my freshman year, my best friend also came with me actually from home. She was a back. Um, so like we were kind of in it together, like trying to survive our homework, doing it together. And then, um, I had like the seniors back then on the team, like reading my first essay, for example. And then they like read over it for me and I got it back and they were just like, I'm not really sure what you're trying to say here or like what <laughs> this means. So they definitely like. I don't know what to call it, like corrected it a little bit more. And we're like, maybe this is something you can hand in, but not really the first form you just had us read. But yeah. <laughs> Constructive criticism, I believe. Yeah. That's, but like you said, when it was learning the language, that's kind of the best yeah, way to crazy. do it, right? Just kind of being thrown in. So the transition on the field happened pretty quickly. Yeah. As far as getting, you know, kind of accustomed and used to the team. So through those Skype sessions with, with Carly and, and through those first few days of preseason, like you said, when did it kind of hit to you? Because to go from someone who never really spoke a word of English to now being the program's all-time goal-scoring leader and have all the success that you've had, was there a moment for you early on when you were on the field where you were like, you know what, I can, I get it, I understand what we're trying to do, and I see my role in this team starting to kind of take shape? I feel like seeing my role on the team definitely didn't start in the beginning or like definitely took a while. Um, besides that. You scored nine goals as a freshman, by the way. Including her first goal, so that's yeah, a lot of goals. Was, was a game-winning goal, right? Your first goal, I think, was a game-winning goal against St. Joe's. Really? According I don't, to your I don't bio, remember if according to your bio. Really. <laughs> when you score sixty-one of them, they kind of—I'm sure—they blend together. Yeah, yeah. Take that, Aaron Judge. So then, if we Just see sixty-one home runs, <laughs> nicely done. Like that. They they will not cut in to this episode. No, we're not Hawk cutting. Talk Nobody's cutting in on to this. Do that. I'm I'm over. Except it. for I, when we do a live read. All right, Twitter. We get it. We, you know, everyone's talking about that now, right? Oh, I keep cutting in. Well, here's the problem. Well, we'll talk about that later. We'll do I don't that want to later. We don't want it right. The bigger problem is that it's an American League record. Like, would you ever be like, oh, who's got the AFC East passing record or the AFC passing record? I think it's more so people don't love the 
current record holders, so they're trying to give this Anything the attention. That, right, exactly. Gotcha. So anyway, Anique, like you said, Sorry. you said you took time <sighs> to transition into the college game, but the numbers don't bear that out. You started scoring a lot of goals early on, so was it more you being comfortable with what you were kind of... Were you playing a different position than you did um, throughout your time growing up in Belgium? No, I kind of always play it forward. I think the biggest thing was, like, since my freshman year, like, I probably had, like... Probably the person I looked up to most, like Georgia, on the forward line with me. And, like, being able to play with her and just, like, learn from her probably is, like, what gave me the best start possible, if that makes sense. Well, it does, to be able to see someone and who had just however many years earlier gone through the exact same thing that you yeah. had gone through. So did you guys develop that bond early on? Yeah, definitely. Because she was also here for summer school, so I feel like that also kind of got me, like, a head start with, like, getting to know her. And then, like, actually just seeing her play on the field, seeing the way she leads the team and, like, how everybody respected her because, like, it was Georgia. No questions asked. Like, I don't know. That was just someone I really looked up to. Georgia was the unique <laughs> before unique. Scoring-wise, right? That was good. You know? <laughs> yeah. International student-athlete who scored a boatload of goals for us. Right, right. And, like you said, was a leader on the team. Yeah. Right, and then as you kind of developed – you know, being the leader along with some of your more veteran teammates. When, when you notice going from the young player to the veteran, do you have that moment of going, oh, okay, this is what they said things could be like, and this is how, you know, when you go from being the one who's listening to being the one talking, how was that for you? How different was that in your experience? I feel like we kind of had, like, that transition with my year after um, our sophomore year because then it's like all of a sudden you're juniors and you're, like, part of the upperclassmen. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, like now we're juniors and the year after that we're seniors and that's basically it. Um, but then COVID happened. So like we didn't really have a season and then we did, but like really not that many games. So I feel like it kind of took away of like having a normal season and like, I don't know how to say it, but like just being able to have like the normal experience, how it usually is with, like, a normal preseason, a season, and then, like, a break and having the spring. Because the spring is usually really where we, like, develop as players or, like, you have that transitioning period of, like, all right, this is what your role is going to be next year or something like that. How many times a year do you get back to home? Um, Just summer and winter break. Do you so were you able to go home during COVID or because, because I know it was difficult for some people to go home and come back. Well, I remember right as school shut down because it was like a little bit before spring break. And then I told my parents and then they were like, don't come home. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Um, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll stay here. But then like after a while, so I stayed with one of my teammates, um, Tino or like Ali, um, on Long Island for a little bit. And then her mom is amazing. My, my second American mom are like, Treat me treats me as if I'm like her own daughter. So like she had no problem with me staying there at least. But um just like after a while my parents were like, All right, I guess it is fine to come home. <laughs> and then it was like getting on the flight with the mask on, gloves on, because like we didn't really know how serious it, it how serious it was and like sanitizing everything, but at least I got home. So I guess that was the most important thing. Yeah, for sure, because we talked to some student athletes who didn't go home. Yeah, they stayed literally the... Stayed the entire pandemic. Yeah, so you kind of had difficult. like a, a, a nice experience of both, like you mentioned, now getting a, like you mentioned, almost an American family. Yeah. Right? That's... Definitely. Yeah. Where where on Long Island were they? Uh, like, Miller Place. Okay. I don't know. I don't know much about Long Island. No, I'm always like, was it near the beach? Was it near... Yeah, no, they're pretty close to the beach. Yeah. Actually. Beach time. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, that first time you jump on a plane to come over to America... Have you been, had you been to America prior to coming here? I have been, um, like five years before that we went to New York as like a family vacation. Cause it's like the big New York. Right. But like telling people they're like, Oh really? That's what you did. But like for <laughs> me, that was the coolest experience. Cause it's like, we got on the subway, got up and then you just look up and you see all the tall buildings and it's like, wow, I'm really in New York now. Yeah. Well, see, they should make fun of you because we people from California do that. Like people from the United States come to New York City to to be in New York City and yeah. like 
you know, I think just being growing up or being from like the area and most of our field hockey players are one of two things. They're either international or they're from like New Jersey, New York or Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's just, it's a hot field hockey area. So I think for them, it's like old hat. It's like, a, <laughs> you came all the way over here, but it'd be like, I'm sure it'd be the same for somebody to go and visit the tourist traps that are in, you know, Belgium or wherever else yeah. in Europe. So you had been once before. Yeah. So were you, did that help ease your, I mean, I would be, I don't know. Like I'd be nervous to jump on a plane and be like, wow, I'm going to go and I don't really know anybody, but. I mean, I did also come to visit the school uh, my senior year of high school. Then I came in January and kind of just like looked around the campus area. I met Carly and saw like what a practice will look like. So like that at least also already gave me like a little bit more of an idea of like what it would be like. Um, but like obviously I don't think you can explain to someone like actually going through it what it's like. Right. And living here and your parents not being here yeah. every two seconds. Gotcha. That's a and big jump. Well, that's a big jump. And then the big jump that the field hockey program did. Now, in your time, most student athletes here play are going to play in two conferences, right? They're, they're going to have played in either, you know, the MAC or the Big South and now the CAA. But you have the distinction with a few of your teammates is playing <laughs> yeah. in three different conferences. <laughs> right. So we know how much of a big deal that is. Um, as you were going through it, and I'm sure, you know, Carly and the staff told you how important that is. But going from the MAC to the America East to now the CAA, did you have a good kind of concept of, okay, Bomb's on this trajectory moving upward here, and you guys, more so than any other team, were really in the middle of it because of that run in the America East that you had? Yeah. So, like, I remember transitioning to America East, and I was expecting it, obviously, to be very hard. But then, like, we became regular season champions and got to that last game or, like, uh, the final game for, like, the season, which, like, I don't think anybody expected, and obviously we love being the underdog because no one expected it. But then, unfortunately, we didn't get the outcome we wanted. But, like, all those games and, like, us transitioning from the MAC to America East and now to CAA, it's all, like, steps in the right direction to get, like, our name out there and being, like, this is mom at field hockey and, like, we are growing as a program. Even when you look at the results from this year, and I know that when we spoke early on in the year with Carly, you know, talked about the schedule in front of her, but... And, I, you know, it's been a lot of tough, like, you know, one goal, heartbreaking kind of losses, but... Play eight ranked opponents. Yeah, the schedule <laughs> is, wild. is crazy. So when you see a non-conference schedule like that and you see numbers next to opponents and a CAA schedule, as a student athlete, how does that make you feel as far as you know you're going to be challenged every single week? I was going to say, we knew it was going to be tough, but, like, at the end of the day, it's just, like, all opportunities for us to be able to grow as players and improve during those games. And also as a program, like... Yeah, we didn't get the outcomes that we wanted for most of those games, but the way we played is a huge step in the right direction. And like being able to win the, or like to lose those games, but like just with like a one goal difference or like having or like taking all those teams into overtime is already a big step for us. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, if you look at those ranked games, first of all, they beat Delaware. I was going to say that was the first CAA win in, in Monmouth school in the school's history. School history, yeah. Yeah. Yes. First, yeah, that's a great trivia question going forward. <laughs> what program got the first CAA win in Monmouth athletics history? Anyway, yeah. uh, then you know with Rutgers, who's got who's, who's kind of rolling up there. Um, that's a that's a one goal loss in overtime. Yeah. You know, just the other day, William and Mary is a one goal loss in the shootout, which I watched at my my desk, like literally screaming at, <laughs> at the. And I don't know anything about field hockey. I'm, I sound like I do. I'm like, oh, Nick, you got to shoot. Like, what do I know? Like, I have know that I, I'm watching the stupid clock in the corner. Like, anyway, but that was a fun game. Like, and all of this stuff, I feel like are building not only building this program but building this team for like the stretch run. Is that how you guys kind of look at it? Like, yeah, nobody likes to lose. Like, it stinks. But you know that, okay, now, you, you know, you come off a hard game against Princeton, that, you know, probably the best team you've played, definitely the best team yeah. you've played. And now you're going to roll into games against Columbia and Hofstra and Northeastern, which I'm sure will be good games too. But now you've played the best in the country. Yeah. So, like, um, how do I describe it? Like, I would say the way we play, played against William & Mary, it is kind of a personal game because, like, my freshman year when we had the first-round NCAA tournament, we also lost against them. 
But the way we play it was probably the best we've played this whole season and being able to put four quarters together. So, like, that was just a big step for us, I would say, again, in the right direction and, like, hopefully being able to keep doing that and keep building, especially now that we're getting, like, closer to conference and getting into more conference games. Well, when you look at the back end of that conference schedule, so for all of those nationally ranked results that we spoke about, the, the team right now is one and one in, in CAA play. So you're right in the middle of now what will be after the Columbia match on Sunday, three of four, first of all, a lot of road games down the season, but three of four in the CAA are on the road. And the most important games of the year, Hofstra, Northeastern, Towson, and Delaware. So the most important games in your career are still in front. So what's been the message to to your teammates from from you and from the other veterans on the group knowing, yes, we've played this crazy hard schedule but yes the biggest games are still we still have yet to play yeah I mean obviously like yeah we played already like two tough opponents from conference but like none of the games we have for the rest of the season right now are going to be easy they're all going to be hard it's not that like now it's time to relax and like we'll win all the games easily they're all still going to be hard so like we have to keep practicing hard and like there is no time for us to like have a step back or like take a minute to relax because like it is all still going to be so tough. Let's jump into a fun thing. Not the fun conversation that we normally have, but that's later. <clears throat> How many times do people screw up your last name's pronunciation? Probably every away game for sure. Um, when I was, I think it was on the William and Mary stream, William and Mary game stream that, um, I forgot who it was doing, but I was called Anika. Also happens. Oh, that was a, you get like, like the tennis player. Yeah. So for everybody, say your full name for us. <laughs> Anik Falange. <laughs> I remember the first game that because everybody wants to just call you Van Lang. I'm sure. I know. Or right. Lange. They probably think they're doing it right. They're like, oh, I got this. <laughs> Anik Van Lange, and it's like no. But I feel like you and some of your teammates that do have interesting pronunciations to names. It's helped all of us, I think, better understand how that how that culture yeah. kind of, like, okay, I know now in, in Belgium, let's say, for example, Dutch. or Dutch, you see a name like this, it's going to, you know, don't, it's not like you said, it's not Van or it's not something <laughs> right. like that. So I, it's been, like, interesting to, to hear, <laughs> but even the first name gets messed up too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or okay. Anik. <laughs> Anik? You blame Star Wars for that. Uh, <laughs> uh that so it, you don't really get mad about that, do you? No. Like it's funny. Yeah. But have I ever messed it up? I don't, no, I don't think so. Okay, good. I mean, I the, really here's the best part about Anique. Because her name is Anique, she's like share around here. Yes. Like you if are you talk one, to yes. anybody and good just call. say Anique, they're like, oh yeah. Like <laughs> there is no first and last name. It's just, you're you're like uh, yeah, like share. I don't know. Is there other people like that? There's got Madonna, Prince, Prince. You know what? If you could put your name, because the names aren't on the back of the jerseys, I don't believe. No, I no, no, no. we don't have that kind of. Money. You would go first name. You would just go Anik. Yeah. <laughs> and then move. next is a symbol, right? Like Prince. Right. Yes. We I, go Anik, and then we'll find a symbol for her, and then that's her symbol. It would have to be a feel, a feel like he stick, and some. It would have to work its way in there. Who knows? Maybe after we get to the person, the getting to know you portion of the podcast, we'll have something else. That's a good point. I'm more curious how you pronounce. The home, your hometown, because I've never even tried. Yeah. Wait, that's one of the things you just skip over. Skipped over. Um, it's since you opened court. Right, and if I showed you, <laughs> you would, you would, you would not say that. So that's why I thought most people that I just live like close to Antwerp, because that's like one of the bigger cities, and like they know right. that one. So. Right. Thank you for thinking of us, <laughs> because. But I can also imagine you have pride in your hometown, and and you know like. That would be like me saying I'm from New York City because I'm from 45, an hour away from New York City. I'm not from New York City. <laughs> right. Well, so tell us about your hometown. Say it again. Um, since you opened court. Sure. Tell us about that. How big it, is it? Oh, it's a very small town and it's like right off the highway. And like basically to summarize our town, we have like one soccer club, one field hockey club. We'll have like five bakeries, five grocery stores, five hairdressers. Five different places to get your fries or like your French fries. Um, <laughs> and that's basically it. And then just like a whole lot of houses. That's so. all. <laughs> well, I want to make it to Belgium one day. And I'm going to go through there. I would love to. I'll hey. just be walking around being like, uh, do you know where Anique lives? <laughs> right, right. They'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah, if there's 14 of them. Is it a popular name? Is Anique a popular name in Belgium? 
Uh, maybe more in like the French part of Belgium or like just in France in general, but like not like I wouldn't say really popular in it. It's not like Michael here. Yeah, no. Gotcha. I, I think it is. It, it's it's interesting though because like within the country, aren't there? There's influence from so many different countries around it. Like you said, from the French part, yeah. from from other. So when you were like growing up, was everyone from that area, or was it kind of pulled from? Like, did you have friends in school that were from other parts of Belgium that were like that had different influences as they grew up? It's so interesting to me. No, I wish I could say yeah, but no, we're all <laughs> <laughs> we're all really from like the same area. Okay. How so? Growing up, field hockey. How'd you pick field hockey? Um, Looks like back pain to me. Yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of people think. But like, once you're playing it, I'm I sure mean, you I just grow <laughs> your back muscles grow in your core, or maybe that. Um, um, yeah. So, what? Why'd you pick field hockey? Not soccer. What else do? Well, when I was growing up, I used to I used to dance or like ballet. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. But I stopped that when I was younger, and then. I used to play tennis for a little bit, and then it was, like, either choose between tennis or field hockey. But, like, the field hockey club is, like, a five-minute bike ride from my house. So it was, like, the obvious one. My parents didn't have to drive me there. They'd just, like, they'd just be like, oh, you can take your bike. Go ahead. <laughs> have fun at practice. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't just really a question. Location. I think also, yeah, that, but also I just liked field hockey better and probably was a little bit better at it. How many other club members um, went on to play in American colleges? Do you have a lot on your club, or from my club, honestly? Oh, there's one girl right now. She went to Ohio, I want to say. Um, but besides that, not really so, that many. Okay, I don't know if it was like a super club. I don't know anything about club field hockey <laughs> in Belgium. Well, I don't anything about club field hockey in New Jersey. So you could tell with the influx of talent from overseas obviously the level of play is fantastic and, and that was one of the when when the feel like team under under carly really took off was when they started getting those really great international players like you mentioned some of the players that came before you so is there a sense of of pride with that and let's kind of one step further it how how has the meshing between the international players and the americans like is it something that happens Right off the field, you gain the great relationship. Then you're on the field because I'm sure there's two different styles of play. Yeah. So how do, how do they kind of mix together? What would you say are kind of the biggest differences between maybe how your American teammates came in versus how your international teammates came in? I want to say America is like more physical, whereas like overseas it's more technical. If that makes sense, because like more also, finesse. Yeah, because also like coming in, like all the Americans have been in the weight room and stuff like that. And like I mentioned earlier, I. I had never been in a weight room. So, like, that part. And also just, like, the running aspect, I guess, of it. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've never ran this much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, too, the field hockey team. Our field hockey team here at Monmouth probably runs more than most field hockey teams. Oh, it's just a, there's a high, just um, high level of fitness. fitness. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Which is also what I, I we take pride in. I mean, listen, when you play all these overtime goals or overtime games and they spread the field out, like yeah. the fitter team usually has a better shot of winning, right? You have yeah. you have more right. opportunities. Um, how would you describe your game? Like finesse? Me personally? Yeah. Like if someone said to you, describe, describe Anique, Anique, describe Anique with the ball. I feel like I just like like to go with speed, like try to go around people and then like try to get into the circle and then try to score. Sometimes a little bit of luck. <laughs> Take us through a penalty corner because it's, first of all, defensively, it's insane. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not on that side. Right. There's got to be a little something wrong with you. I mean, they put the masks on, but. Whew, yeah. Uh, but take us through like a penalty corner. Like I don't think people know. Like I know because I was a field hockey communications person a long, long, long time ago. But like there are how many different plays do you guys have coming off a corner? And when do you decide what you're going to run? I'm sure you scout. Just take us through like the whole penalty yeah. corner. So like before the games, we watch film and see like the way the other team like runs their defense, and then based off of that, the coaches will come up 
and tell us like what corners will work best against them. Um, and then that's basically what we practice like two days and the last day before the game and try to get that right. It's, um, it's like a super stressful place kick is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. I, I tried to explain it to someone. So a, a colleague of mine has recently picked up field hockey to broadcast. And he asked me like, what do you do? <laughs> and I've learned it watching you and your teammates. And I tried to, he's like, well, is that like a soccer corner? I go, yeah, no. <laughs> because no. in a soccer corner, they they don't know who's going to be on the other end of it. You and have an idea. Right. You're just launching the ball into the middle and hoping that the tallest person right. gets a good <laughs> header. Or but in field hockey, it's it's drawn and there's secondary off of every, and it's fascinating to see it work. And you, I think you send somebody towards a goal for a rebound opportunity. Yeah, rebound or tip in. Right. There's so many other elements to it. And I, expl I explain that in like the most American, not technical way ever. Right. And my buddy's like, all right, I'm just going to watch a bunch of it because I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you, gotta, you really got to go to practice and watch like a practice on it because it's like, whoa. It's like going up and being like, okay, we're going to run a veer offense, but I can throw the bubble. I yes, can, yes. I can hand off. I can keep it myself. I can throw, you know, throw to the backside. There's all these plays off of one set. Yeah, you could almost say it's everything that they do is an RPO in the sense yes. of like it's all based on reads. We have just made the connection of American football to field hockey by calling a penalty corner an RPO, and that is kind of what it is. It's like. Kind of what it is a little bit. Carly and, would probably come in here and fight us after she listens to this. Right. Because she could actually speak to it too and be like, no, it's actually this. Right. <laughs> but it, it always, you know, I, I hope you and your teammates know that watching you guys compete, play, win has helped teach. And we were both field hockey sports information people at one point. Yeah. But it's kind of taught Mammoth, the Mammoth community, the game more. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I hope you guys understand how cool that is. You, sh you should take pride in that, that like, Definitely. you're doing what you know. Yeah. But to us, we're like experiencing this with you for the like there's things that happen in games where we're like, oh wow, I didn't even know that was rule. Yeah. And but, then later on, like Anik will be like, Oh yeah, that's da da da, da. I'm like, oh cool. <laughs> well So thank you for the education of it. I, I have a theory that I think sometimes field hockey referees just blow the whistle because they think they should blow the whistle. Oh, the anticipatory. I might, I might agree with you on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you you can't tell me that you watched Every, oh, that hit the back of the stick, or that hit this. It, there's a lot of whistleblowing in... Well, it's funny you mentioned that, because like, sometimes we really do not agree with a call, and that's why we're trying to get video referral on our field, so we could be like, that's not the right call, watch it back on film, so the ref could change their mind. But I wonder how many they'll actually do that for. Like, I guess stuff in the circle, obviously. Yeah. Like, they're not just going to, for a random foul in the middle yeah, of the no. field, I don't think so. Because that would really grind. I mean, field hockey moves pretty quick. It's like, definitely There's changed. not a lot of stoppages. Yes. There's the, the the clock runs a lot. Now, it's changed a little bit now that they went to quarters. But um, it, it's pretty free-flowing, quick game. Like, that's kind of what makes it appealing to watch fun to watch yeah and we're good that makes it fun too well and it's changed too like you said so i want to go back to something you answered kind of a few questions ago when greg was talking about penalty corners and, and kind of scoring goals H how do you know this is so weird because i've watched it on replay i'm like how'd they know to do that shot comes in and let's say you're stationed in front of the goalie right the angles it's very american hockey like how to just get a little deflection it's on awesome. it, and then and like no, because like if we tried to do that, we probably a would it would miss, but then it would go like way. Like how do you know to angle the stick in the right way? Is it all just experience and feel and and kind of reading the pass or the the shot? Probably a combination of all of that, and even then, sometimes it can go wrong. Like even we still sometimes in practice we'll miss the ball or we'll go like complete opposite way and you're like oh wait that can happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're literally somebody is hammering a really hard i don't know if anybody's ever touched a field hockey ball it's like I mean, we all have because we work here right but i'm like a <laughs> random person hasn't and i don't think you can really appreciate how hard the ball is it's like a giant golf ball <laughs> yeah basically it's like a golf ball on steroids yeah and <laughs> like it's not a, a, a lacrosse ball is much softer yeah put it that way like yeah, a field I mean, hockey ball is is harder yeah. people getting hit with the ball it's like oh oh where was the most painful kind of shot that was it off a leg off an arm because i'm sure you've taking a field hockey ball to <laughs> like, somewhere. Yeah, I have, but not as much as you would think. There's definitely other people on the team that I'm going to knock hit. on this for you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> knock on the desk. Um, but like right now, for example, we have Eileen still out who got hit um, in the face. And then Jess also got hit recently. Um, 
And like it's hard because like for example those recoveries, Jess was like stitches and she's ready to go again. Whereas like Eileen is still out for that. Yeah, like I wonder how far away like if anybody ever talks about either wearing the masks all the time or like wearing a helmet. Like a hockey player. Has like that, a nice hockey player. Is that a discussion ever or it doesn't even get brought up? I don't mean with the team, I mean in the general sport. Not that I've heard of. Yeah. No, I think they'd be like, we're not doing that. Have you ever watched <laughs> Olympic field hockey, by the way? Uh, I probably have. I we I've done it's it's amazing. The stick skills, like the the speed at which you move up the the field while you control the ball, is yeah. like crazy athletic. Like, <laughs> and you have to turn the stupid stick over because you can't use both sides of the stick. I mean, can we get rid of that dumb rule? I was just both say, sides like, of the stick. I was gonna say stupid listeners probably don't even realize that. Someone's listening, like, oh, I know Anik scores a lot of goals. Oh, that's cool. And then you just said that, and they're like, wait, yeah. So one side of the stick is completely flat. I'll yeah. let Anik. Explain it because I've never played field hockey. So with the flat side, we're allowed to play, and then the other side is a little bit more curved, and we are not allowed to play with that. You side. can't do anything with that no. side. Of the stick. <laughs> Why not just make it like you can't backhand that? Go watch a game. If you want to backhand, you literally turn the entire stick upside down. It's reverse and backhand it. Oh, reverse. Oh, see, <laughs> see, look at that. That's a broadcaster. Broadcaster. That's why he's the best in the business. I'm calling it a backhand. It's a reverse. reverse thing. I had a little bit of experience. I watched my sister play in high school. Mm. And then now, obviously, following Anik and her teammates, it's been remarkable to see. But I would say, yeah, more rules, right? Yeah. More a lot kind of rules. Than yeah. any other sport. Like There's a lot of rules. No the ball one's go- can't hit you in certain spaces. It can't right? go a certain height. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let's talk about something else. Is there another game on planet Earth where the, the knock of a ball hitting plywood is like celebrated. If you hear the ball hit the plywood in the back of the goal, everybody's like, ah, yes. It's the best sound it's crazy. in the world though. Right? Because the only way you can, you got to, you can deflect. Yeah. Well, I guess you could scoop it up higher too. What do we call that? It's not called scoop. Drag. Drag. Oh, that's a good, I didn't you know, didn't know that. that. No, no, I did not know that. That's, Boom. A, that's a good one. So that's a drag when you, when you shoot high. When you go top well, shelf. That's, for example, for like during a corner. Because for a corner, like with a normal shot, it has to hit like the backboard. But if they were to drag it, mm-hmm. then it's allowed to go high. So that's to prevent you from, like if I'm going to hit a wedge shot in golf. Right, yes. And I'm going to fire the ball high up in the air. Like that prevents you from chopping at the ball because yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. See? So, so to score 61 career times with all of these different. drags. With all of these different rules and regulate, right? There's so you probably, it just seems like it's the hardest sport to score in, but especially the way that you and, you, and your teammates play, not here, you know, like the players score and, and there's great creativity and there's great fluidity to the game. The point Greg brought up earlier, but when you kind of now look at your career and, you know, with that COVID season, like you mentioned, that was like half a season, not even yeah. to, to look and say, you know, do you even realize, I think, how many goals that really is? And, and Or are you just so in it right now that you can't have that time to think? You'll do that after graduation, your second yeah. graduation. My second graduation. We got to talk about, uh, we got we got to talk about school after this. Yes. <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble by Anique's mom. I'm not even going to try to say her name. Um, well, I, I feel like it's only going to like all sink in like once it's over. Yeah. yeah. One more home game left. I know. That's crazy to think of. That is crazy. And that comes up a little bit later on. October twenty, um, Sunday, October 23rd. This month, yeah. yep. Against yes, the Towson Tigers. That's where Greg went to school. I did not um, know that. Yeah. No, I'm all Hawks. Good. <laughs> all Hawks. 12 o'clock start, by the way, on So Sweet a Cat Field. So make sure that you're there for that. But yeah, we'd be remiss not to we gotta, mention. We got to rewind real fast and talk because uh, we don't want, I don't want to get in trouble by your mom. And I don't want you to get in trouble by your mom. <laughs> So your undergraduate major was what? Uh, international business. Was it a was it a, a hard decision to come back for your fifth year or you're getting to grad school? Or did you at um, one point be like, you know what, I think I want to go. I don't know if you plan on staying in in America or going back home. I don't know what your plan is, but I don't know either what my plan is. But um, coming back for the fifth year, field hockey wise, obviously was an easy decision. School wise, it was a little bit harder, but um, I made it. I'm doing my master's now in marketing, so getting there. So what is the what's your post graduation goals? I'm gonna be here actually. Fun fact, I'm gonna be here for another like half year or like semester next year. So I'll be here for the fall season as well, and then I'll be a grad assistant coach. 
Oh, we just broke news. Broke it. Yeah. Take that, TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be helping still out with like field hockey, but like after that, I don't really know what the plan is. So you will be here for another semester, graduate yeah. assistant, helping out. Get your master's in fall of twenty three. Yeah. Then you don't know. Is there is there is there prof- are there professional opportunities in field hockey past play? I mean there has to be. I mean like obviously we have the national team but like also the club teams are still playing. Like mm-hmm. I could still go back and join a club team and still keep playing. So which it, it's a decision that you have yet to make, right? You have to Well, she's got plenty of time. Yeah. You do have plenty of time, but that's cool. That's well, so interesting. Will we see you adorning the yellow jacket and Walking around uh, the Ocean First Bank Center this basketball season working for Rich Carragher. Yes. <laughs> I want people to understand the selflessness it takes to do that. So Anique is a student athlete. Mm-hmm. She all the time practice and energy and effort that goes into that and schoolwork. And, and well, I've seen her work event staff. I don't know if there's the same level of <laughs> well, no energy and effort with that. But I'm saying I'm like kidding. to then go, hey, I'm only playing. There's another athletics event. I need you to work it. Yeah. And then so Anika is a member of our what amounts to the operations team. Yeah. Um, working hard. Seriously, that was a joke. But sometimes I try to get out of work by talking to you guys. Yeah. Well, I've seen you sit you do down do at a press row that. next to us and talk. <laughs> And look at me and say, do you think Rich is going to come over here and yell at me? And I'm like, no, because you're a neek. Like, he's not going to yell at you. Well, I think I want to say, was it two soccer games ago? Or was it last week? Uh, my wife came by with little Henry. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cute. And a and one of your teammates, right? Yeah, Katie. And Katie there. came by. And I was like, guys, come come say hi to the little guy, to Henry. <laughs> and I realized I was helping you out, by the way. Because then <laughs> she, yes. she ran over. <laughs> She's like, oh, how old, how cute. And then I was watching everyone else like put the pennies away. Right, right, right. clean up all the stuff. But no, there is something to be said for that. I got to be serious. Like you're in grad school, not easy. You're playing at a high level on a really good team, not easy. And then you still work to make money. Like that that says a lot about your character and that says a lot about the type of um, child that your parents raised. And I think you've done a great job. I do laugh at the end of basketball games where you sit down to avoid <laughs> cleaning up popcorn or whatever other stuff. And how did we, how did we not steal a neek to work for us like we've done? I don't want to say steal. People come to us and say, "Hey, I, I think I want to work for you guys." So I don't want to say steal, but it's a good question. I don't know. We're gonna I get our. <laughs> I feel like I only got into event stuff because like other people on my team were doing it, and like nobody else was really working. We had um. You did have smalls. Yeah, small. Yeah. <laughs> I want to call her nickname. <laughs> I wasn't going to call her a nickname, but you did. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we just needed her to get out there and, and talk us up a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, well. I think she's found, but they have a the nice little. Sailed. Well, yeah, they, and they have a nice little niche yeah. with with the event staff. And you know what? Every job, especially this time of year. It's important. Whether it's communications, the broadcast. Oh, my goodness. We Without all, the event staff, we can't do anything. So, Like, that's where it starts. Seriously. Which is so true. Is there anything that you're most looking forward to? on the field before we talk about some off the field stuff between now and, you know, the end of October, let's say. Um, you already the have field. the record. Is that like, a? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut on. Was that like a huge relief to like, just get it over with? Like you had to know it was coming. Well, after a while I knew it was coming, but then also the goal that made the record, that was not it. <laughs> it was like a little reverse sweep. It like just went in. It was like crazy high going over the goalie. Um, yeah, it just made it in, but <laughs> that's but. like when Basile broke the tackle record and it was like a three yard run up the middle. He just grabbed a kid's leg. Yeah. Sometimes and I was like, Oh, there's the record. Yeah. So, sometimes it's anticlimactic, right. but yeah, it's not so much the individual play. It's the accomplishment, yeah, it's right? The, it's, it's all the, of it. It's, it, it's the home run to break the record that barely goes over the fence. Yeah, it's you the know, breath of work. Like right. Yes. And with Sorry. that, I have to give Ali Tarantino a little shout out because last time when I got my 100 points, was, which was like a big milestone, that was at Maine last season. She was on the field and now this time as well. So she was like, I'm your little like good luck charm. So <laughs> is there anything left to break? What's the points record? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Where's that's Jared? an excellent question. Jared would know that. You know what? You'll look it up before the end of our conversation. Okay, you look it up, and we'll 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 pivot into fun questions. So at the end of of the podcast, we always like to ask our guests just some personal stuff. You know, not I mean it's all personal, but personal not have anything to do with field hockey. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, Eddie, I'm going to steal one of Eddie's because he always he always pulls this. But um, well, no, you know what? I'm going to pivot to my fall question. Pumpkin spice flavored things. Are you in or out on that? No. Oh, that's oh, we're oh, we're over two. <laughs> over two. Nothing. You like donuts, drinks, coffee. Yeah, no. Out. Yeah. Is that a thing? Is that just an American thing? Oh, definitely. <laughs> really? Yes. I just assumed. Man, I love pumpkin spice flavored stuff. I do too. I love cinnamon, but like not the whole combination. Not the whole. Yeah. Okay. We're over two on that. <laughs> what um all right, so I am gonna steal Eddie's though. What uh what do we listen to in what's in what's on the AirPods? AirPods. <laughs> what's on the AirPods when uh when you're getting ready for a game? What mostly, are you listening to? Mostly house music. Just, all my teammates hate my music, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's always like someone has to go on aux in the locker room and I'll do it and after all people will be like, Oh, Anique is on aux. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like, just listening to house? Yeah. Up tempo, ready to go. Yeah. I'm in favor of that. I, I don't listen to house, but it, it's not a strange. I mean, yeah. that's not a strange thing. I don't think to listen to to dance music. It's not really dance music, but beats. Just sitting there like that. Right, it's like that. It's, it's head nod music. Right. <laughs> By the way, I got information. Yeah. Do we not want to even go over it? Do we not want to put it in her head? Put it this way. It's very close. Mm. Oh boy. Just well, go and score a couple more goals. You'll be fine. Got it. How many assists do you have? I haven't even looked. You have a lot of assists? Uh, average, I want to say. <laughs> There's only so many goals to be. I mean, you yeah, score you only all, score you a score couple goals. Uh, we got three assists this year. Yeah. That's a lot. You have 19 in your career, 141 points. Yeah. 141 points is a lot. It's right now second all time. Not to spoil anything. <laughs> I don't want to ask. I don't want but to put I any pressure. In, I'm in the research. Um, I don't want to put any more pressure on Anique. So you come over and out along these these lines. What was like the food that you were dying to try when you came to Monmouth? Whether it was a fast food, because I can imagine you don't have a whole lot of that in Belgium. The rest of the world's no. the, the rest of the world's fairly healthy. Yeah, just yeah. awful Americans. Like what was food. like the the couple of foods that you were like, oh man, I can't Myself wait to try included. when I get to America. That's a good question. Cause like I'm trying to think what my go-to would be like, but also like we have McDonald's at home, so like that's not really a big thing. Is that the is what's something you'll miss? What's the food that you would miss then? From America? Yeah, yeah, like when you go home, are you like, man, I really wish I could go to probably the bagel places? Cause that's not really a thing at home. Just like being able to like, and also like the coffee places. Like for Rook. me, I love Rook or Offshore. And then Ooh. Bagel Guys right next door. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, prefer breakfast. <laughs> that's like heaven for you. Yeah, I think that's even of a Northeast thing with the bagel thing. Because you leave this area. Yeah, people are like, oh, do you want a bagel? And we get the frozen lenders in. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I don't I'm, want I'm that. going to Dunkin' and it's like. Mm. <laughs> no, that's not a bagel. So the coffee scene, Belgium, not, not, I would assume they had excellent coffee. Really, it's not as good as. Well, as I think like, you're thinking of chocolate. <laughs> that as well. But it's like. And diamonds. The, the coffee machine at home. If that makes sense. Like, we'll have a good quality machine at home, but, like, there's not, like, there's Starbucks. But, like, besides that, there's nothing like a Rook or an Offshore. Yeah. There's no, like, homegrown coffee. It's like a small business. Yeah. Exactly. That's pretty interesting. So what's the thing that we think Belgium is known for food-wise that we're wrong about? Because I know the couple, like like Greg said, chocolate, waffles. Oh, yeah. I forgot waffles. Right? Fries, things like that. What's the thing that we think... That we're thinking of wrong. What is Belgium, in your opinion, really should be known for food-wise? What's the fries. best food? Fries? fries? Yeah. See, I would have never guessed that till I did the research for this. Because I would have assumed a Belgian waffle. Or the beer. Mm. Beer. Now we're talking. My wife's going to listen to this and be like, she loves French fries. She's going to be like, we're going to Belgium. No, yeah, like, I'm curious. What What's the thing about Belgian fries? Is it more like poutine or like legit French fries? Well, that's the thing. French fries aren't from, like, France. They're from, like, Belgium. We finally got to the... <laughs> we could end Hawk Talk now forever <laughs> because we just solved the big... Is that true? Yeah. She's not just going to say that. She, 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 gave me, she gave me the, the Google it head. Yeah, like, go <laughs> Google it, you dummy. Look at your tablet. I'm not Idiot. just out here spreading lies. I'm going to start a war between France and, and Belgium. No, yeah, like, they're not called French fries in Belgium. Did you know that, Greg? I know Anique did. What she's are they called? At me judgingly, they're just fries. Just fries. That's yeah. awesome. They're like, we're not calling them French fries. 
how angry is your country then? Because we've been doing <laughs> yeah. this all wrong. And elite food. One of one of the world's elite foods are being accredited to people who didn't come up with it. I mean, regardless, we just still call them fries. So, like, I feel like, personally, I'm not bothered by it. I can tell you that. But I don't know. <laughs> but I can't speak for the whole Belgian population. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this awesome. has been excellent. <laughs> that was awesome. That was I great. have learned so much like we always do during Hawk Talk. Oh, uh, I know. I, I, I was going to say, like, other than the fact that Anik doesn't like pumpkin spice, that was going to be, like, the biggest thing that, like, hit me in the face. But now that I found out that fries, I will never call them French fries again. But maybe I'll start calling them Belgium fries. Start the movement. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Sure. Dutch fries. I'm 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 like down the rabbit hole now. I am into this. <laughs> That's amazing. We got to go to Belgium. I, I got it. I I want to go to Italy. No, like I, I want to go to Europe again. I say Italy. I've been to Italy. I want to go to Europe. So interesting. Well, we know too many kids. You've scored a ton of goals. We know you're not done scoring goals. We know that the season, like we mentioned, has the most important matches still kind of yet to come. So we appreciate the time. We know it's not easy to do all of the things you do and give us an hour of your time. So really appreciate it. And, you know, best of luck on the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank Anik. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no last name. Like Madonna. <laughs> Hates pumpkin spice. We'll be back. So much fun to get to know our student athletes, even a student athlete who's been here for five years. We see all the time, and she was just dropping knowledge left and right. She's crazy. One of my favorite student athletes. Like, like she's just always smiling, funny. Like, she's fun on the event staff. She's a great student athlete. Like, love having an Anik around. And um, I kind of feel bad that it's taken this long to have her on, uh, but. Uh, I think the time was right after she sets the record and hopefully that record stands for a while. And we didn't get into it. We kind of alluded to it, but she's literally a couple of points shy of the all time program record. What's a couple Two. She (laughs) she has 141 and the record is 143 by Trisha O'Dwyer, who was another fantastic international student athlete. Yeah, she was, it was 143 points. So, so this is kind of crazy. I look, I went back and kind of looked on the game by games. Um, she, Anik actually went one, two, three, four, five games in a row without scoring, but a lot of those were close one goal. You know, we only scored one goal or scored two goals. Um, and, and she still has, you know, five games left to her college career. Yeah. And a postseason and, and a postseason. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, two, four. including that big four game CAA wow. stretch. That's going to be the separator. For that team. Definitely. You know, Definitely. right now they're one and one. You figure you get... Now, I mean, how, we can't play this game. I don't know if three and three gets you into the postseason. I'm sure it's right on the cusp. I'm sure Coach Figlio doesn't want that to be the case. But those four matches, including three on the road, are just huge. Yeah, I mean, North Northeastern is really good. Ta- or uh, Hofstra's really good. They are. I don't know anything about Columbia field hockey, but... So two more points gets her the record or ties the record? Would tie it. So three more points breaks the record. But based on how she's produced in her career. Yeah. Hopefully she's stopped listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's more informing the the listener. Yes. Um, How about the bombshell, by the way, about fries being... Should we have known that? I've eaten a lot of fries in my life. Should I have known that? I feel like... I feel like France is really misrepresenting the fry across the world. It's the greatest grift ever. Is calling fries French fries. I mean, it's unbelievable. You just take uh, the other. You just take somebody's marquee food, and, and the Dutch are cool with it. They're like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, such I a think, such a different. I think it's attitude. maybe just a whole chill area. That's why I want to get there. Like that whole yes, Dutch area is just chill. And Anik has been just a smile on her face every day you see her Best. going back a lot of years. Um, so the field hockey team is going to spend a lot of time away from campus. However, mm-hmm. coming back home to campus this week um, is a, a whole bunch of action. There's women's soccer going on. Um, there's obviously the big football game on Saturday when the Hawks get back into CAA play. 
on a really great offensive run of things here. Three wins in a row. The offense is just flying. And they're going to meet an Albany team, Greg, that is a little similar to them right now. Take that Baylor game out. Yeah. Close loss to New Hampshire. Yep. Uh, Had the lead in the fourth quarter. Shootout loss to Fordham. Had the lead in the fourth quarter. Right. So I think people... Because of how you know Jaden Sheridan, eye popping stats. This is a really is a fifty fifty very difficult game. Yeah, and and this is always a really physical game. You know, last time we had a twenty one nothing lead and we had to win in overtime with it with a field goal. You know, the last time we went up there was two thousand and seventeen, and and that was a really physical game. Uh, we had a, we lost a couple kids after that game. So I remember that um, that opened their facility, right? That was one of the first if ones. Open their facility. It's a night. Nice, they have a nice facility up they there. They do. I remember being really impressed by the fireworks display. I, I do too. They had a nice fireworks display up there. Um, so it's going to be a great game, and we're going to need people out there. I heard this. I'm hearing some swells at the student out. The students are really going to show out, um, and that's going to be awesome. We got the new student section in the end zone, and that. Need them to be loud and into it, but we need everybody else. We need the community to come out, and um, it's going to be beautiful. And I would think that after having literally six days of being trapped inside, uh, you want to get out. And 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 there are plenty of affordable seats for a fifteen dollars section. I don't know where else you're watching Division One football for fifteen bucks. So, and in a stadium that's not that big. I mean, it's there's no bad seat in the entire house. In fact, anywhere you sit is actually better than sight line wise than where we sit because the press box sits on top of the that's a very seat. good point that's a really good point mammothhawks.com slash tickets get them to make sure that you will be there to see what now is this run with con- non-conference play ending mammoth is caa play the rest of the way and like we talked about with the field hockey team being one and one and and getting ready for a stretch run well this begins the football team's stretch run through now, CAA play with the ultimate goal of returning to the FCS playoffs, and they got a ton of home games here in October. Three home games in October. Albany, Rhode Island, Towson. You do not want to miss one minute of the action. It's great that it's on television. It's great that it's on Flow Sports, but just let that be your replay. Listen to us after the fact. Go and watch the game live. Uh, MammothHawks.com slash tickets. Like Greg said, affordable seats are available now. You got to get them. You know what else you got to get? You got to contact our friends, and I want you—you you need to do this right because of what you've been experiencing in your home these last few days. It's aggravating. You need to let the people know about Edison HVAC. Definitely, and Edison Heating and Cooling provides a full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. Today, I should have gone to Edison HVAC because right now I currently have no heat, and that's not even a bit. No, um, no, it's real. I, I don't remember what night it, it was. Ah, Tuesday, tu- Wednesday, Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever night it got down into like the forties. And my wife is yelling at me to turn the heat on, calling me cheap and everything else. <laughs> and so I go to turn the heat on and there's nothing coming out of the actual vents. Uh, I have a, um, a service contract with a company uh, and they could not get out until some Sunday. So we were without heat till Sunday, which is really not a big deal because it's 69 degrees today. Well, it's today. Now, Saturday does get nice, get back in the upper 50s. A little, little flow or a little fall. Yeah, it's going to be a little football weather. But now you know if you call Edison HVAC, they will take care of it. And I should have called them. Kudos to them for not only recognizing but publicizing that Central Jersey does indeed exist. That's a great point. Well, you know. NJ.gov Twitter account has said that Central Jersey equi- uh, exists. And they do it a lot more uh, directly than. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> they do a good job. They do do a great they job. They do a nice job. Sometimes they don't really. I tweet at them a lot. Not a lot. They're not big on the sharing game. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I've seen them do it for some of the other Buster teams in this state. <laughs> um, but we've done it a couple times. We haven't gotten to love. But never. Doesn't matter. It's uh, Central Jersey and. Um, you know, before, you know, we, we ran a commercial for our WJ Barnabas. Those are our first two sponsors on Hawk Talk, which kind of shows you in less than a year how how far we've kind of taken this thing, and I'm pretty proud of it. No, absolutely. And, and one of those is an existing sponsor who we've been with for years who was, you know, recognized the popularity and how great it is. Mm-hmm. So thank you to them and for their continued support. And then the other one is a brand-new sponsor to Mammoth Athletics. So, and on board, Edison. Yeah, nice. Edison a, Heating and Cooling. Kind of a nice mixture, you know. 
It, it's it. really good. And it was really, you know, it was so good to talk to Anik. And you know, obviously with so much great stuff happening on campus, you've got to lock on to mammothawks.com. That's going to be your best spot to stay updated on everything. We, um, busy, busy can, couple days. Can we tease really quick the basketball event? Of course. I mean. By all means. We got, well, I guess what we refer to it is open practice, but it's not really an open practice because we have, so the night before homecoming, the 21st of October, we want you to get out. It's a free event. Come out. We're going to meet the teams. We're going to have a DJ. There's going to be some giveaways. There's going to be some fun stuff. I believe we're starting at seven o'clock. Um, yes. And I believe, are we going with blue white night? Blue white night. Not open practice. But it's the same thing. If you want to get your first looks at the men's and women's team, that's your night to do it. Like Greg said, in a really fun, kind of stress-free environment. Show up, hang out, you know, yeah. rekindle with other, you know, season ticket holders get some and fans. Beer, exactly. Get some food. I'm pretty sure that the food will be open, food options will be open. And we're gonna have some dunks. I'm sure we'll have some some Three point contests. I saw there was a, a meeting today to go yeah, over it's a, talking skills competition. Yeah, so it's gonna be awesome. Especially with this big move. You know, we've been, it's been the theme of this, you know, since what, last winter, as far as Monmouth making the move to the CAA. But, you know, Coach Bogus's team with a lot of really good local talent is taking that step. And then Coach Rice has got a young group. And just remember this I sat for every game that Monmouth played in the MAC. The first year in the MAC, remember the team that Coach Rice rolled out with? It was all underclassmen mm-hmm. and that was the group that ultimately grew into the group that brought Monmouth the fame and accolades and, and recognition it deserved so I would as someone who's going to follow the team very closely obviously someone who broadcast the games it's a similar look mm-hmm. two teams doing it similarly a lot of youth a lot of youth they're coming in and just I like that go through the process with a young group that can go through it all for the first time I mean, think back to the first time you saw, and I'm not comparing classes to each other, but that group that took the floor at Hofstra in 2011 to then now, I see the blueprint at least similar. I feel like this team, this men's team, and I'm not, when all is said and done, who knows? But I feel like there might be more like raw talent right now. I I just and I I'm think, not I know Justin Robinson was on that team, so I'm not trying to downplay that team. Obviously, no, but, that, but like, that group was full of guys who who really developed over time. Yeah, I think people are going to have fun watching some of these new pieces. And the, I was at practice yesterday. Yeah, like, there's and some the men's team has some local players up. as well, but mm-hmm. some of their young players. Uh, I don't want to shout anyone out by name. Some of their young players are really really good. Yeah, and we're obviously going to get more into yeah. to hoops as we go along here. But anyway, uh, blue white night. 2022, that is the 21st of October, and then you literally can just sleep over because <laughs> we have homecoming against URI the next day. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.